Hey there, podcast listeners. Since the time of recording this episode, we've changed our name to be Truest Leadership Institute. You can learn more about this podcast and about the Truest Leadership Institute by visiting us on the web at truestleadershipinstitute.com. And now, back to the episode. Sometimes we just don't know all of the details that employees want about change initiatives. So what do we do about it? On this episode, we're going to learn more about how leaders can gain greater buy-in, even if they themselves are also in the dark. So let's say that you are a leader and you have aligned your stakeholders, you've identified your change team, you have done your legwork in terms of understanding, enlisting, envisioning, and you are at that moment now where you have to take the transition into actually making the announcement and engaging your organization. Tell me about this stage. Engaging the organization is critical to making sure that the change process works. I want to make sure as a leader that not only have we done those first three steps well in coordinated efforts, but now that we're bringing the entire organization on, on board, one of the worst things to do in part of a change initiative is having it done to me mm-hmm. and I don't bring the organization along. I want people to feel bought in. I want people to feel like their voice is important. So, so what you're saying there is that it doesn't have to be a situation where your employees are saying this change is done to me. That how you communicate the change impacts that perception that they have. Yes. You can influence it for sure. You can give people input into the change. Maybe they don't have a say in what the change is. So there have been organizations that we've worked with as consultants that are going through a change initiative. And there's a small core group of people who are instrumental in guiding what that change might look like. Then they start to engage the organization by asking employees to answer surveys on what the purpose might look like or core values of the team or what the logo might look like, what colors would speak to them. That's a part of engaging the organization. You announce the change, but then you give them pathways in which they can participate in the change. So yes, it's still a change being initiated by someone else, but they are getting to participate. They're getting to influence. They're getting a voice in the change, even though maybe to your point, you know, they're part of the the folks giving feedback about the logo or the colors. And we don't necessarily choose their, their suggestion. The fact that they're even being allowed to give voice, that helps change that perspective of this is a change being done to me to this is a change that I am participating in. And by doing that, remember I said organizations don't change. People do. Right. By inviting their participation, I'm inviting their opinions, bringing them along early enough so that hopefully they don't stay in resistance. They Mm -hmm. start to be in exploration. Mm -hmm. They start to want to be a part of the process. So getting people's input into the change that is being executed on is is an important part of bringing the organization along. And then there are four steps that you want to move the organization through as you get their input. And those are to motivate, 
communicate, act, and consolidate. And, and motivation is about giving people, again, the why. Why, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. And then communicating the how. How do we do this? And a lot of times when we tell organizations and leaders that we got to motivate before we communicate, we get a we get kind of some resistance there. Like, well, shouldn't we be communicating first? Mm. And the answer is that no. Before we communicate, we got to give people the why. They got to understand why that they're why that they're being asked to make these changes. Otherwise, the resistance is going to pop up. I've seen this happen in in real life time working with a team. I was working with an engineering team one time, and the the leader of the team announced in this meeting that they were getting ready to open a new location. And it was in another state. And the team immediately built resistance Mm. and gave all the reasons why this new move was not going to work. And what I realized was that in, in the middle of the, of the meeting was that what this leader had done is he was communicating without motivating first. Mm. And so we took a pause. I pulled him aside and I said, let's, let's help people understand why we're making this move. What are the things that are acting on the organization that lead you to make this move to, a, to another state? And so we went and we pulled the team back in and had the conversation about here's why we're doing this. The mood of the team shifted away from talking about why it can't work into identifying here are ways that we can make it work. Hmm. Without motivate, you give people an opportunity to come up with their why. You give people an opportunity to fill in their own blanks, come up with their own why hmm. as to the change. And a lot of times it's not positive. So we want to set the tone. We want to set the direction. It's up to us and motivate. That makes sense. And I was just thinking, as you're saying that, thinking back to some of our first episodes, Steve, the last time you were on, where we were talking about how much more brain power we have to spot a threat and how important that is, that that is coming into play here. Whereas if you don't motivate, you simply communicate you run the risk of triggering all those mechanisms that keep people safe to kick in to see this as a threat and start processing it that way. That's right. Mm-hmm. When you don't give people the why, they make, as Ramonda said, they make it up themselves and it's almost never positive. Mm-hmm. Never a reward, always the threat. I'm wondering though, for some leaders, they might say that this is perhaps too vulnerable a place for them to, to say, you know, maybe we have issues with supplies or, you know, our supply chain no longer is what it was or um, taxes aren't friendly in the state anymore or all the things that impact businesses that, that being honest and being in that motivate stage might be kind of a vulnerable, uncomfortable place for them to be in. Oh, I, I would, mm-hmm. I would say it can be. Yeah, absolutely. And the more transparent that a leader can be, the more effective that they're going to move the organization through change. Now we can't always tell the organization everything that we know, 
there may be things that legally we can't talk about or that... Some things have to be confidential. Yeah, or maybe some things we don't even know for certain that we haven't fully figured out. But it's important that organizations communicate as tra transparently as possible so that the organization has a full understanding of what's 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 prompting this what's what's creating the need for this what happens if you are a leader and you are not in that c-suite space and you just don't know the answer it's been communicated to you and you're not sure how do you motivate people when you don't know what's going on yourself <laughs> well, you know, I would say that happens a lot, particularly for the for the middle layer of managers, where they're it's kind of changes being done to them, right? And um, it's important for them to communicate to their teams the change, and it's okay to say, "I don't know the answer to this," or it's all it's also okay to say, "I can't tell you the answer to this. It's something that's confidential." Um. The, the the worst thing to do is to do that in a way that sounds negative, though. Mm -hmm. And so you can communicate, I can't tell you or I don't know in a way that's authentic, authentic or you can do it in a way that's very negative and off-putting. Steve, let's try a little experiment. I Let's do... Let's do a scenario where I'm the employee and you're the middle manager leader who mm -hmm. doesn't know why they've not done motivate. It's just been communicated to them. Right. And you have to tell me effectively and ineffectively, because I want to hear both. I want to hear the difference between both, how this is going to play out in real life. Okay. So let's use the example of our building location is changing locations. Right. We're moving to another state to go right. back to my to my my uh, previous example. Yes. Yeah. So first do it um the way that is ineffective. Okay. Right. So I might come to you know I I might say Anna we're going to be we're going to be moving locations. We're putting up another building and Michigan. We're moving out of North Carolina and we're moving to Michigan. And I need you to prepare your team for that move. Why are we doing that? Um, you know what? I don't know. I wasn't told. I'm just doing what I'm being told to do. They don't tell me anything up there. But how am I going to tell my whole team that they've got to uproot their whole lives? They're going to have questions. I don't know. You, you, you figure that out. I I don't have the answers for you. Again, they're not telling me anything. I'm in I'm in the dark as much as you are. Did they even consider employees and the impact this is going to have you on know, staff? You know, it doesn't appear they did. You didn't see cut. First of all, that was that was fantastic. But I I'm smiling because I have heard that before. I didn't realize that I've heard it. But I've moved locations. I think in my career like three or four times, and that's how it's been delivered. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Suck it up, buttercup. Here yeah. it is. That's right. Right. I've even. I think I've even had somebody tell me it's not really my problem how that impacts your family. You just need to report there at this date and time. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing it the ineffective way. <laughs> that was very uh, enlightening. Let's do it again. Okay. Same situation. Let's do it as what it could be if you leverage some of the skills that we've talked about today. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So. So on I. I have some news for you. 
we are moving locations. We're moving out of Greensboro. We're moving to Michigan. Um, and I'd like for you to prepare your team for that move. What? Why are we moving? Well, that's a really good question. And to be honest, um, I don't know all of the answers. Okay. But I do know that our executive management, very, very capable. And if they've made the decision that this is an important thing to do, then we all got to be on board with it. And I, I feel very solid that it's it, it's a it's a good move for us to make. Well, how am I supposed to tell my team this, though? That's that's a really good question. What, do you have any ideas about how your team would best receive this? I think they're going to have a lot of problems. There's that's a huge move. They're going to have to really move. Are there is there any opportunities for offsetting costs? What are we going to do for them? Yeah. So it sounds like there's going to be concerns about offsetting moving costs. What other concerns might they have that we need to take a look at? Well, they may not want to move. That's true. They may not want to move. And what, what might be the reasons that they don't want to move? Well, they've got kids and they've got families and, and Mm -hmm. this is just going to be a big change for them. It's going to be huge. And so we've got to maybe between the two of us identify what are the ways that we can help them with shifting the moving of their family. Mm-hmm. How can we help them offset the costs? And those are all great questions that I can get some answers for you. And we can help the team be better prepared for this. Okay, cut. That was such a different experience for me. My Being on my side of this role play, I felt like the first example was... I really felt like you just wanted me to stop talking, stop asking questions, be quiet and be still. And the reason for that is as a leader, when I don't have information, I get defensive. I get defensive. And so by you asking me questions that I can't answer, it makes me somehow feel like that I'm, I'm not adequate as a leader. Oh, so it's triggering those beliefs again. Exactly. And so the way I manage that is I go into the fight response. Okay. Anna, just do what I tell you to do. Stop making things difficult. Right. Wow. And then in the second example, the thing that I was noticing was you kept encouraging me to talk. You took the opposite approach. And instead of you doing a lot of talking, you opened me up. You didn't have a lot of information, but you almost didn't need it to address the, the motivating concerns of why they're going to struggle with this and how it's going to impact them. You help me see that I can still have some answers for them, even though I can't necessarily give them the big million-dollar answer. Right. What I want to do as a leader is I want to listen. What are your concerns? What are the things that are upsetting to you about this? And then I want to help you identify some solutions, so move away from problem-focused thinking into solution-focused thinking. Because where you were was in resistance. Okay. And resistance can still be a good place, but that's when the leader needs to practice active listening and to pay attention to what they might not have thought of that can help move people forward. That's interesting that you said that because I didn't intend to be in resistance. I was just intending to react how I might react. Mm -hmm. So I actually jumped denial. So you can actually jump denial and go into resistance. I wouldn't say you jump it. It's that you move through it really, really quickly. quickly. Oh. And so the Remember, first denial is unconscious. You're unconscious that you're in denial. You're unaware of it. Okay. Yeah. So your first thought might be, this can't be happening. 
This ain't I, real. I, I don't think this is real. Right. He's joking. And right. then, even before I finish speaking, you might have come to the realization, oh, he's serious about this. Mm-hmm. And you move out of denial into the resistance phase. Yeah. So it can happen really quick or it can happen very slowly. Everybody moves through those same stages in at different rates. So a leader, while they're talking to their employees, needs to be aware that it can happen just as fast as it happened for me. Yeah. Yes. And as they're starting to make those announcements, maybe be prepared for resistance and have some kind of strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you, again, going back to our, from one of our earlier podcasts, thinking about conservers, pragmatists, and originators, mm-hmm. knowing where they are will help you know what kind of information they might need. If you're a pragmatist, I'm going to tell you what I can, what I know about the practical uh, information behind the move. Mm-hmm. If you're an originator, I'm going to use that, I'm going to leverage that to help you get excited about the move mm-hmm. as, a, as really a neat change. And if you're a conserver, then I'm going to need to be very deliberate about helping you move through the steps that are going to be required to prepare your team for the change. It also sounds like that at this stage, you really have to kind of own where you are and your own emotional processing of the change. Because if you're going to make the announcement and you're going to get a wave of denial or resistance, if you're not really in a strong position, I imagine it's easy to get triggered. Oh, absolutely. Leadership is very important to pay attention to my own self-awareness, how I lead, what triggers me, paying attention to those triggers, even preparing myself before I'm having that interaction, knowing that, Anna, you could trigger me just because you're a thousand questions could trigger me. I need to be prepared knowing that going in and then asking myself, okay, Anna could probably ask this, she could ask that and having those go-to responses. You know, I think asking yourself three questions, where am I, Mm -hmm. where are they, Mm -hmm. where do I need to be? So if I ask myself, where am I in those, think about those stages of change. And then where are you in those stages of change? And then where do I need to be to help move you through? And, Mm -hmm. and, and, and the, and the not so much what to do, but the how to be. Right. How do I need to be? Do I need to, do I need to be a listener? Listening and receptive and empathetic, or do I need to be assertive and give information? Mm-hmm. It's it's all about understanding and knowing where you're at and what information that you're you're needing to move to the next stage. On our next episode, we'll wrap up this series by learning more about how to put our change plans into action. If you want to run an agile organization that consistently makes a positive impact. You need people who are ready, willing, and able to execute on new ideas. Make change your competitive advantage with Leading Change with Purpose. This highly interactive learning experience equips leaders with strategies to quickly turn ideas and solutions into reality. You'll leave with the confidence, process, and practice to immediately start leading change and making an impact. To learn more about the Leading Change with Purpose program, visit us on the web at www.bbtleadershipinstitute.com. For show notes or for additional information, find us at www.bbtleadershipinstitute.com. 
Leadership Amplitude is a podcast production of the BB&T Leadership Institute. All rights reserved.